My name is Shaniqua Johnson of the St. Louis Johnsons. Your family owned my great-great-grandmother and father for 12 years. You owe me money. Uh, I, there must be some kind of mistake. Uh, you know, can we just talk about this outside? Uh-uh, there ain't been no mistake. Excuse me. Ooh, Excuse me. Now we got uh, one, two, three bedrooms. Uh, look at this bathroom. They got ma'am, good could you, could you please get out of my house? <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, you know what? You owe me about $3 million. Hey, 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 stop it! Get out of my house! Uh-uh, this is my house, and I'm live streaming the entire thing. I want what's owed to me, Marshall. You know what? If you don't get out right now, I'm calling the police. <laughs> I'm calling the police right now. You know what? Your family's got blood on his hands. And don't bother calling the police, because I've already been there. Ooh, now Jamal's gonna love this spot. Welcome to the Edit That Out Podcast, where we always keep it in. I am your host, Juwan, and today I'm going to be talking with a very special guest. Melissa Youngblood is an Atlanta-based educator and actress. She has been blessed to be a player on many productions such as Crazy Sexy Cool, The TLC Story, Bessie, Burden, and especially for our listeners, the hit FX show Atlanta, currently in its third season, where she was in the episode The Big Payback as Shaniqua Johnson of the St. Louis Johnsons. <laughs> thank you very much, Melissa, for joining me today. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. Yes, ma'am. So I want to ask you first, when did you know that acting was going to be your calling in life and what led you to that moment? I knew that acting was my calling when I was 13 years old. Mm. And I went to see my first Broadway show. Um, I was in a performing arts uh, middle school. Mm-hmm. And um, we took a trip to New York City and I saw my first Broadway show, Les Miserables. Oh, wow. And I was mesmerized. I was like on the edge of my seat. I, the, the lights, the, 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 the singing, the, the dancing, the, the costumes, all of that. I was like, this is what I want. Hmm. And this is where I need to be. So when I got back to, I'm from Miami. Hmm. So when I got back to Miami, I asked my mentor, who was my teacher, she's still my mentor till today. I was like, what do I have to do to get to Broadway? And she told me I had to continue with my craft, Mm -hmm. go to school. She was always pushing school, go to school, graduate from college, Mm -hmm. you know, and I did all of that. And, you know, it's tough, but I'm, I, it, it never wavered. This is, I know, I've known that this is what I wanted to do ever since then. Wow. Wow. Amazing. So um, you're a teacher. How did that translate into your work as an educator and teaching acting? Well, you know, it's funny because um, I tell my students that, uh, that I, when I first started teaching, that was right out of college because I didn't immediately go to New York and LA to start my career. My mom was like, you don't have a pot to piss in or I want to throw it out. You don't have <laughs> no money. How you going to New York? I'm not, I don't have no money for you. I got it. I got offered a job teaching elementary mm. music. They mm. gave me a bonus. And my mama was like, you ain't going to New York. You're going to take this job. <laughs> so I took I heard that job. Before. 
for, um, I took a job and I was like, okay, I'm going to save up money. And then I'm going to work for like a year or two and then go to New York. Well, that was around the time of 9-11. Oh, wow. So New York was like out of the question and I continued to teach. And eventually, you know, I got there or whatever, but I hated teaching. Mm. I hated it. I told, I even tell my students to today, I hated it because I did not go out and live my dream. Uh, I did not, it was just like, all of this was in me. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, okay, now, you know, not in no offense to teachers or anything like that, but that just right. wasn't my drink. Right. So after all this life experience and, and all of the, 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 the traveling and the, and the good times and the bad times and all of that. And like, now I feel like I have something to teach them. I don't just teach them drama and acting mm-hmm. because real talk, Many of them don't want to be actors. They don't want to be, they only want to get up in front of my class and talk. Hmm. But I tell them that my class is more of a life skills class because hmm. the things that I've learned through drama and through acting and through my experience are things that can translate to anything that they want to do, hmm. any job that they want to do. So um, that's, that's how I see it now. I see it as a, a way to teach them the, the skills that I learned hmm. in my experience as an actress. Wow, that's amazing. That's what's wonderful. That's wonderful that you that you do that and shaping and you know, shaping young minds like that. So, can you elaborate on your philosophy on the whole child model of teaching? And that's just it. What I just uh, kind of explained, like you know, we we're teachers, mm-hmm. and the and the kids come to school, but we're not just teachers. We're also parents. We're mentors. We're friends. We're we're all of these things because we're shaping children. Mm-hmm. We're shaping them to be people who are going to contribute to society. So I don't just get to teach my one subject, my uh, English teacher or math teacher. It's like you're shaping this child to be a contributor to society. So um, that's why I, I teach more of a, a life skills type of class because, you know, you know, they might not use the skills that they learn per class that they get, but they're going to remember how their teacher taught them to be accountable, to be respectful, to go after their dreams. You know, they're going to remember those things more so than they may remember the Pythagorean theory, whatever that is. (laughs) I'm going to tell you the truth. So, you know, that's why I focus on the whole child. Fantastic. Fantastic. Who are your um, inspirations and who do you look up to as contemporaries when it comes to your uh, your craft and your acting? Oh, ooh, Lord, there's a lot. <laughs> I love, love, love Angela Bassett. I yeah, love, amazing. love, love um, Octavia Spencer, yes. Davis. I love, um, I, I love Monique. She's <laughs> funny. She, Monique, I can see, Monique is, I'm the funny girl. <laughs> that's that's my thing that's my I'm the funny girl and um I look up to her I you know it's just so many the name it's just they they've paved the way and they've made it they made it accessible for people such as myself mm, definitely definitely it, um it's always amazing when uh just to see 
all those all those black women that you said, all those beautiful black women that you mentioned, I'm big fans of their work and definitely, you know, ones to look to look up to. Right. Um, right. I'm loving I'm loving Angela Bassett, especially now on on 911. It's one of the big one, one of my shows uh-huh. I watch. I love her on that on that show. So what is your um, process when you approach a role and how do you prepare yourself mentally for the task? Well, you know, it's, it's, I see it's quite different from theater to film and TV Mm -hmm. because you, a lot of times you don't get much backstory with film and TV until you get there. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess because they wanted to, you know, they don't want the plot spilled and everything, you sign these NDAs and everything. Mm -hmm. So it's quite different from doing like a a theatrical show because most of the times it's a theatrical show that's been written, been done over and over again. You and I, I do my research on the character mm-hmm. or research on the period, time period. You know, if it's a person that's lived before, try to find um, videos if I can of that person. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to television, um, a lot of roles that I've gotten have not been roles of people who've lived before. They're more characters. So, um, I just try to um, find me genuinely Mm -hmm. in the character, Mm -hmm. like how I personally can relate to it, regardless of if that character is me or not. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to find pockets of where I can relate to the story. And, you know, and it's kind of easier when you don't have to be somebody else or be somebody who's lived before or that is some actual person. Right. You know, like like the task that um, Viola had doing Michelle Obama, mm-hmm. you know, she's she's living. She's here. You know, she's got history. She's here. So that would be very difficult. I find what I did in the the film and TV um, gigs that I've done, mm-hmm. um, just finding the genuine, genuine myself in that character. All right. Right. Great. So and that does lead me to my next topic here, because I want to switch gears and and talk specifically about your role in Atlanta and your character Shaniqua, um, because she definitely left an indelible impression on (laughs) on our on our podcast. and was a topic of many discussions and often debate across social media. I don't know if you've seen (laughs) any of any of those rumblings. I've seen some of it. I was like, oh my God. They were like, she's such a stereotype. Mm-hmm. She's ghetto. She's why does Donald and his his problem with women and yada yada yada. Yeah. You know, I've seen it all. Yeah. And we had a guest on that shared some of those um, criticisms. And I understood where they came from. I didn't share most of them, but I understood where they came from. But I did want to ask you first, how did the role of Alana come about and what was your first impression of the character on the page? You know, um, of course, um, I had an audition for it. Um, you know, they contact her agent and ask to send in a videotape audition. And when I read it, I read it more like, again, like I tell you, they don't give you much backstory on these auditions. You get a couple of sheets of paper and that's all you get. Um, or whatever, however many lines you have, that's what you get. So I kind of got the impression that she was more of a caricature mm-hmm. when I first read it. Mm-hmm. And so when I auditioned for it, 
I tried to not play it as a caricature. Okay. Which is the decision that was the right decision. Yeah. Because I didn't know where they were going with it. You know, of course, they're not going to sit down with me and tell me, like, this is what we're doing this season and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. So um, I, um, I try to play it more real than a caricature. Because to be quite honest, a lot of roles that I get to audition for is the loud, Black, mm-hmm. sassy woman. And so I, um, I was like, okay, this character is loud. Mm-hmm. She is sassy, but she's not ghetto. Right. She's a loud black woman who's going to go after what she feels like she deserves. And she, she has her children in her best interest. So she's, she's like mama bear. She's going to go <laughs> after it. She, she saw a place to go after it to get something that will make her life better and her children better. And that's what she's doing. That's why she, she's so aggressive mm-hmm. with it, you know? And, um, and I could see how people could see it as ghetto. Right. But it, it's more of a aggressive Black woman. Right. I understand that. Because like we mentioned with the character of Shaniqua being criticized, and I don't think it was necessarily a criticism of Shaniqua herself, because, but like you mentioned, it became part of a larger conversation about the show and saying that it has some problematic issues in its portrayal of Black women who are not Vanessa, and these Black women being their tertiary to the main storyline. And of course, like you said, the depictions or people's criticisms of the depictions that they have been stereotypical and insulting. So I want to further preface by saying that as a viewer myself, I don't share those views. I look at the, I understand where they come from, but I see the whole character and the intentions behind what is on the screen. And you playing it as not playing towards the character, but playing her as a real person with, with feelings that it came across so perfectly for uh, for me. And I will say that the big payback, you're very welcome. I will say that the big payback is one of my favorite episodes of Atlanta next to the season two episode, Teddy Perkins. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and your character, Shaniqua, is definitely a standout. And also shout out to Justin Bartha because, you know, he played. Oh, yes. He, he, he was a joy. He, he did his thing. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was perfect in that uh, perfect in that role, you know. But yes, I saw Shanique was a whole person who deserved empathy, who deserved grace, and she was deserving of what she frankly was owed, and mm-hmm. all of which all of which you got in the final act of the episode. So um, that being said, I wanted to ask you from your own perspective and as a actor embodying that role, how did you feel in the end of the episode? How did you feel about the end result of the portrayal? I felt 100% like that was a powerful Black woman character. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that is what was needed to push the narrative. Mm -hmm. Like sitting by and being passive and and quiet and feminine and, you know, all of these these things that, uh, uh, stereotypical things that, that, nice women or (laughs) you know or you know like okay being a loud black woman doesn't necessarily have to be a a negative thing because nothing a lot of things don't get done not nothing but a lot of things don't get done by being quiet right you we have to raise our voice we have to be heard and demand to be seen 
-hmm. that's how a lot of things have gotten done, especially for black people and black women specifically. Mm -hmm. So I did, I didn't feel any negative um, things about this character. I felt like they allowed me, um, especially a shout out to the director, Hero. He is so sweet. He's so amazing. He allowed us actors mm -hmm. to act. You know, he wasn't down our throats telling us this, 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 you know, just he wanted us to be genuine. And that's mm -hmm. the character that I felt was genuine for that role. Yes, so I felt great about it. Fantastic. Fantastic. So there is a particular part in the episode that I want to call out, which I think was a very subtle bit of acting on your part, but it was very profound. Um, it was the moment when Shaniqua is confronted by Marshall in the parking lot of the office building, and he tries to shoo you away, basically. Marshall Johnson? Hey. Cajun Marshall excuse Johnson? Hey, excuse me. Excuse me. Marshall. All right, all right, listen, I work here, all right? You can't come to my place of work. Marshall Johnson, you owe me money. I, I, I'm not the Tesla guy, okay? I don't have that kind of money. How much money do you make a year? What? How much money do you people in there make a year? I bet you it's more than I do. Could you please? I'm begging you. Could you please just leave me alone? That's exactly what my great-great-grandmother said. There's this slight thing where you kind of do a little sigh and you flutter your eyes a bit. And it struck, <laughs> it struck me because I've seen that look before. I've seen it on my mama. You know, sometimes seeing my wife, you know, <laughs> um, but it really, it really struck me because Shaniqua is not angry. She's not combative to me. She's tired. And she, it doesn't seem like Shaniqua doesn't necessarily want to be doing this. She does not get any pleasure out of quote unquote harassing this man and his job. But I feel like what it is is for Marshall's entire life up to this point, he's lived with a certain level of privilege and a level of comfort that has not been afforded to Shaniqua or other Black people, especially Black women like her. Mm -hmm. And that expression to me was like, look, I don't care how you feel. I don't care if this embarrasses you. You owe me for my ancestors' suffering. And if I have to shame you to take responsibility, then so be it. It obviously, of course, is a little bit exaggerated because it's television. Right, but, right. But it's important because you, because as you may know yourself, whiteness as a default will seek to avoid any responsibility to atone and reconcile for what their brand has done. You know, exactly. they're, they're taking it out like critical race theory, banning books, all of this. They want to go, they want to ignore it. And as much, right. yes, and as much as a nice guy as Marshall Eels, he's no exception. I just felt that was so powerful. That one perform scene right there was very, very powerful by you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I agree with you 100%. And that's exactly what I was feeling at the moment. Um, the feeling that the character would be feeling. It's like, look, I, I'm I, like, I don't want to sit down and talk back and forth. The back and forth, that did not work. Mm -hmm. It's This is now our time. The government has acknowledged that it is now our time to get our reparations and our mm -hmm. just dues. And um, we've been yelling out, we've been expressing ourselves, we've been crying out, we've been begging and pleading, and now it's time to just pay back. Exactly. So it's just like, I, I don't wanna hear it. 
just mm -hmm. like um, uh, the character who was like, you know, just go ahead and um, uh, just pay her, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, that's, what else is there to do? Mm -hmm. This is, you have to do this. Right. Like we had to be slaves. Mm. So now you have to pay us back. It's time for reparations. Right. So that that's how I saw it. It's like you're going into battle. You know what the uh, the end result is supposed to be. Don't let anything distract you from your goal. Mm -hmm. And that's that's how Shaniqua was thinking. Yes, ma'am. Yes, definitely, definitely. And I think it's in very important that at the end of the episode when Marshall looks at his um, Shaniqua's IG feed, which previously in the episode was described to him as all videos of her demanding money but it's not she's a proud mom she's mm -hmm. playing with her kids she, like he's a proud dad you know being with his daughter and he realizes that he should do the right thing and atone for this curse which white earn uh, details to him so yeah, again, it was such an amazing portrayal and such an amazing episode and you are a star Thank you, baby. <laughs> you are a star. I'm trying, baby. It's been, let me tell you, it has been, it has been uh, a roller coaster ride. Um, mm -hmm. It's, I've loved every minute of it. It's been hard. It's been good. It's been bad. It's been, it's been so many things. And um, I, I was so proud and privileged to have this opportunity to um, perform at this magnitude on television. Like, you know, this is like, a, this was a very big step for me hmm. as far as filming TV. It's like the biggest role I've had thus far. So I was just, when when it was time to rap, I was like, I got to go. <laughs> no, 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 don't clap. Don't clap, y'all. I, I want to stay. <laughs> so, yes, ma'am. So is there any advice or wisdom from your experiences that you want to impart on anyone seeking to break into the industry? Um. The advice I would give is to, if you want to break into this industry, just know that it is the hardest thing that you will probably ever have to do. And you have to be mentally ready for all of the no's. There are going to be no, there are going to be so many no's that you can't even imagine before you hear a yes. And if you get that yes, you got to use that opportunity to get the next yes. Mm -hmm. So you got to take advantage of that and um, keep practicing, keep um, honing your craft, keep meeting the right people and going to functions. And because, you know, it's all about a lot about who, you know, mm -hmm. and then, you know, being ready for that opportunity when it comes to you. But, you know, just keep at it. And if and I'm I'm I believe in God mm -hmm. and I believe that if he wants it for you, it will be for you. So just keep at it. Keep Amazing. Praying. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, um, do you, yes, ma'am. So you have anything you want to plug or any other projects that we should keep a, a keep an eye out for you in? Well, um, right now I um, filmed an episode of uh, Black Mafia Family. A little, okay. a little, small, a little I, part in that. Um, okay. We watched it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh yeah, I'm just auditioning, auditioning. I'm um, in school. Um, school will be out in about three weeks. So I'm going to be working away to uh, come up with some more content mm -hmm. um, for myself, writing more, you know, getting to because I'm from the, uh, the generation where uh, 
I go and audition. Mm -hmm. But this generation is like, you got to create it for yourself. And I'm learning that. So <laughs> I'm going to be doing some um, creative things, um, creating some content for myself. Um, my IG is Melissa underscore Lola underscore Youngblood. Um, if anybody wants to follow me there. I'm also Definitely. on Facebook, but the kids make fun of me because they say that's for old folks. <laughs> this is, that's not is yeah, is Facebook is for everybody, but they um, you know, it's probably probably y'all have to be on Facebook because Twitter is gonna be the ghetto soon. So you know, I don't use Twitter. Okay, okay. I don't. I I had a Twitter account and I mm. can't remember a password mm -hmm. or nothing. So that's okay. That's fine. We don't need it anymore. <laughs> Yes, man. Yeah, in the in the TikToks and stuff too. You know, I'm still navigating through through that when I have my own page. But um, uh, <laughs> yes, man. I wanna I just wanna thank you again for joining the podcast today. We really appreciate you, and we wish you nothing but success and blessings for the future, for your career, for your teaching, for you and your family. It's been such a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Bye-bye.